Um, Alyssa posted on her Insta stories today the cover of Madship, I believe. And I would just like to point out that on the cover of this, I'm assuming it's Paragon. And Paragon is fucking fucking hot. Welcome to Buckkeep Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 23, Ship of Magic, chapters 21 through 25, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a new reader. I'm Eli, a new reader. I'm Elena, I am a new reader. And I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. The whole crew is back together. Yay! Yay! I missed you. We we saved yeah. Alyssa from the crimpers. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> well, while you were while you were away, we didn't do anything wrong, and we didn't inspire any Reddit threats. <laughs> yeah, I heard. <laughs> um, we have no content warnings for this section. Also, congrats to us. Depends Hi. on how you feel about serpents. Uh, uh, serpent warnings. I, <laughs> yeah. I noticed that there were no serpents the time that I'm gone, and I'm still kind of bitter about that. And we then yet serpent. you come back, and so do they. Maybe you attract the serpent. Are you a provider? She is a female. Uh, yeah. My blood. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's those socks. Change your socks. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I do have one correction. Uh, we forgot to let people know that between chapter 19 and chapter 20, we went from autumn to winter. So time is passing. <laughs> I appreciate just... that in this book that they give us, you know, seasons, unlike in the last book where we're always just like, how old is Fitz? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> well, what you time know, is because... it? <laughs> what time is it? How old is Fitz? He's... He also wasn't counting, and he spent a lot of it in jail. Or dead. So. Or dead. He wasn't dead, you guys. Mm. <laughs> Mostly dead. <laughs> I stand by it. Uh, okay, uh, so chapter 21, who's starting us out? Oh, Eli. Oh, it's me. <laughs> chapter 21, Visitors. So, model parent and business savant Ronica was minding her own business when a potential <laughs> scandal landed on her doorstep. Local adult man, Sir Wintrell, and his sister, Dello, had come to call on Ronica's granddaughter, the 12-year-old child, 13. Malta. It's winter Only now. A tr- <laughs> <laughs> Only a truly skilled matriarch like Ronica could navigate these murky, hormone-filled waters. <laughs> So, Ronica meets with the Trells in her sitting room. She recognizes that this situation has to be handled with delicacy because the Trells are an important Bingtown trader family and they can't risk pissing them off. So, Kefria comes down as well and she is actually very pissed. And we get the wonderful description of Kefria from Ronica as bearing down on her like a runaway horse. (laughs) Kefria immediately points out that the last time Sirwin visited for her Kefria's was for Kefria's wedding 15 years ago and that the last time he was caught trying to grab a goldfish from the fountains and she says uh, this 
wonderful line, I would never blame a little child for seeing something bright and pretty and wanting to possess it. Ooh, <laughs> so Sirwin comes up with a contrived reason for visiting, saying that he had a, a chance meeting with Malta in the market and that she had invited him to see the family's greenhouse, which he's really interested in plants. The greenhouse, eh? Sure thing. So, Malta is invited to the party only to witness how things are dealt with in this family. But immediately she proves to be at least as adept as the adults by uh, slyly flirting with Sirwin the entire time. Veronica is mentally comparing Malta to a stalking cat and notes that Sirwin acts like a mouse fascinated by a snake. (laughs) During the middle of the exchange, there's an interesting bit where Ronica's thoughts drift off to the non-existent differences between indentured servants in Mingtown and actual <laughs> slaves. <laughs> the awkward do. scene with the trails ends when Kefri offers to show the boy around the greenhouse and throws out thinly veiled threats about, you know, like plucking out goldfish out of the pond or whatever. Um so as the rest of the group wanders off to the greenhouse, Ronica contemplates how she has done absolutely nothing to educate <laughs> the children. And she wonders, uh, do we have time to rectify these mistakes? Probably not. But anyway, <laughs> elsewhere, Kyle's quest for the slaves has led Vivesha to Jamalia City. Wintro and the ship contemplate the beauty of Jamalia's capital, the center of civilization, cradle of all learning and art. The upper city was glistening with spires banded with gold and green marble foundations. Apparently, this was built around 500 years ago after the entire city burned down. So, of note, Jamalia's tallest building is the Temple to Saw, and Wintro is pretty jaded at this point after his time in Cress, and he's like, yeah, people just build these things so they can be like, hey, here's where all our religion is, and we're super religious, but then, you know... They don't have to do anything with it now because they built this super big building. Um, so Wintro commiserates with Favasia that he doesn't think he's allowed to go to a shore after uh, not fighting the Baird Crest, which is super shameful. And Vivesha responds that if he does happen to go to Crest or happen to go to Jamalia, that he should be wary. And she said this was what his great grandmother would have called a premonition. So Wintro once again experiences what he can only describe as passionate love for Vivesha, and he <laughs> remarks how odd it is that, you know, he can't get married to her or have sex with her or anything like that. And it is super, super weird. And... I think it's normal. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that even though he objectively likes her, he recognizes how absolutely bonkers it is that he has these feelings for her. And he says it's like he's under some kind of magic spell. And then uh, Winter admits to Vivesha that he believes that he has to make some kind of decision because if he is on this ship any longer, he's going to just, you know, become a sailor, and that's not what he wants to be. Um, So back to Ronica. She's contemplating the family's bleak finances. Kefria comes in to see her mother and is like, hey, I'm taking control of Malta because she's my daughter, and you're not going to intervene. And Malta is now to be given the responsibilities of an adult, and she's not going to have any money either, and she's not going to do anything that is like what a little kid does. She's going to sew her own dresses, and she's going to do the finances for the family, and she's going to screw it up, but she's going to do it anyway. Um, And then Ronica admits that Malta may have to become a victim to the old deal of blood or gold for the live ship debt. 
And uh, Kefria starts freaking out about that, and that's where the chapter ends. Oh, shit. <laughs> Y'all. As oh, I, go ahead. I was going to say, as I usually do, I try to compare why we're being given the two viewpoints that we're being given in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's Veronica and Wintro, you know... I guess it's a person who has lived their life exactly to plan versus somebody who hasn't maybe or people who are both trapped in lives that they didn't necessarily want. I'll give you that one. I don't know. Yeah. And Malta's a little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And Wintro like kind of is a little bitch sometimes, but then also like totally not that on other times. I have to tell you, I, I don't like Wintro. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure. I feel like, um, I have to remind myself that he's as young as he has in the as he is in the book. Like I keep wanting to make him like nineteen, twenty years old in my head, but really he's significantly right. it's younger. It's easy to judge that. him as an adult because he acts like an adult, right? But he he is a yeah, child. And when like you think adult, about yeah. him as a child, it's like okay, that makes sense. But like he does have these moments where he uses his teachings and he's like badass and level headed and seems like emotionally intelligent. And then other times it's just like, well, what happened there? So cause he's 14. Right. Exactly. Well, it's also- and horny for a boat. It's, it's also, uh, yeah. It's he's- hard sometimes <laughs> when you have feelings and you don't know how to, how to use them or process them. <laughs> and he was not properly socialized. Yeah. He wasn't like, at all. He, literally. He was ignored by his family and then sent off to be a priest. And he learned how to be a priest and how to like go about in their society and it suited him and that's what he wanted and so now he's trying to he's being forced to live in a, in a society that he doesn't understand and that he finds very like coarse and upsetting and honestly who could blame him it is yeah. and especially coming from where he came from at the monastery um, yeah you know maybe maybe i'm just outing myself because i feel like he though he isn't one wintro gives off like big only child energy mm. he's like a homeschooled kid yeah but they yeah. Made he's him like a homeschooled way. adult and you know who i'm talking about you've got one of those in your life <laughs> yes <laughs> they made him that way though and yeah i think that you know he does put an effort sometimes to not be that way but then kind of backfires on him one way or another i don't know Well, it's like no one around him is willing to give him very much grace for what he does or doesn't know about relating to other people. And so he's having to cover all the distance. And that's really hard. And that's really disheartening when, like, you're being asked to do that. And you're basically being, you know, kind of shit on by the people around you because you're still getting it wrong. And And honestly, like, when Mild gave him some constructive criticism, he took that criticism and he did something with it. You know, like, he just needs more of that. Oh, more friends like Mild. I think we all need more friends like Mild, you know. <laughs> throw throw the captain overboard, you know, hang out, <laughs> party, wrestle a bear for you. <laughs> you know, put your dick in his mug. Like, exactly. It's great. Yeah. Uh, again, we're just describing Dragon Con. It's amazing. <laughs> yes. yes, we are. <laughs> well, I'm um, I really, so I'm, I'm trying to decide whether or not I think that Kefria's idea is too little too late. Or if she's, like, I should be proud of her for, like, standing up to Ronica. I was proud of her for standing up to Ronica. For, first of all, coming up with the idea on her own that, hey, 
these are my children and I need to be their mother. Even if I'm fucking it up, like that doesn't matter. That's her right. It's still still my job and it's my right to do it. Um, Because she's realizing that like her, her mom basically pushed her to the side because Ronica like, oh, it's quicker to just let me do it. And like, it's easier to just let me do it. And so Ronica never actually trained her, never actually gave her any responsibility to, um, to step up or gave her an opportunity even. And so she's basically taking that for herself. She's like, look, these are my kids. And if I fuck them up, great, but it's going to be my fuck up, not yours because they're my kids. And I, I respected that. I liked it. I like that she called Ronica out on like also kind of being a shitty parent. And yeah, <laughs> because it's a multi-generation thing at this point. But I mean, it does, based on Malta's, you know, previous behavior, it does seem a little too little too late. But, you know, good for her for trying. I agree. But at the same time, I feel like Kefri alone is probably going to get steamrolled by Malta. Yeah, <laughs> oh, for sure. I agree with that. Is Malta a brat, or is she too smart for her own good? I think she can be both. both. Why yeah. can't you be both? Yeah. I guess you can be both. I am trying to facilitate conversation. You know, it's part of my role here. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a Malta or a Wintro as a child? Oh, Wintro. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was also a Wintro. I have a hard time believing that, but okay. <laughs> Uh, Ashley? Rachel was not a brat when she was younger. No. But was she a Wintrow? I don't... I I mean, yes. I think Rachel was an island when she was little because of her circumstances. And we don't need to get, like, too too into childhood psychology of my cuz. But, yeah, she was an only child. She had a working mom. And she'd get, like, shipped down to us in the summertime, which we loved. But, like, she had to kind of learn how to socialize amongst, like... All these yeah, kids it was that like were a crash together course all of the summer. time and up in each other's yeah. business and living in this household that had all these really vocal people in it where it was, she was so used to like the mom and daughter thing. So yeah, I could totally see that as a legit comparison. But I also think that like it was like being on the ship though because you know like it would be like you know it's like kid politics. It's like there there isn't room for weirdness. Like you have to adapt. Yeah. You have to fit yeah. in. Otherwise you get made fun you know, of or, Rachel you know, like came in, down in w- she always had this giant suitcase and it had a, a handful of clothes and then all of her VH t- VHS tapes of Star Wars <laughs> and Indiana Jones so <laughs> every Nothing summer without I did, fail I didn't go anywhere without my copies of Star Wars and Indiana Jones I, I want you guys to understand that to this day she still does not <laughs> I still don't but yeah you know and it was hard It's I think it's hard and maybe that's why I, I reject Wintrow because I relate to him it's the same same way I feel about like Anne of Green Gables where it's mm-hmm. like oh I, I see the struggle to like adapt and like understand people and relate without being a weirdo about it so. and I guess I have the opposite <laughs> a reaction because like I I was also a Wintrow I, I used to complain for years that I was socially retarded in the literal medical sense of the word held back because I was not pro- properly socialized by my family and I was in a school where I just did not fit in and I could not relate to the people that were my peer group around me. I was friends with the teachers. I was that kid. And mm-hmm. um, it took, 
I mean, I, I made a conscious effort in like high school. It was the best day of my life when a new friend that I had made outside of the context of classes, I think it was like I'm, you know, extracurricular thing, came up to me. It's like, you didn't tell me you were smart. Somebody told me that. And I was like, Lena's not smart. And they were like, uh, yeah, bitch, she is. She's like top 10. And that's why it was like a big deal at my high school. And I was like, I can pass. I can pass. <laughs> it was awesome. So like I look at Wintro, I'm like, oh, bro. Don't let the world change you. Don't don't give up too much of yourself. Just like go go sixty percent, and somebody's gonna meet you the rest of the way. Somebody's gonna be there. <laughs> I feel like Wintro could also use the like it gets better speech too. Like yes, yeah, God, yes. yeah. yeah. I no, fucking just, hated sure. being a young teenager. It was the goddamn worst. Yeah, I think that's maybe also the contrast between him and Malta is like Malta is one of those people that is like enjoying their the powers. Malta's a mean girl. You change. Yeah. 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 Now who's just just Selden and just gets ignored? Yeah, where is he? Where's Selden? Can he even (laughs) doesn't even exist? Like I don't The world is holding Malta back from thriving. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think the world is. I think it's her family. Like, the world is ready for her. The world is responding. Like, that's the the problem. uh, Her her environment is holding her back from her potential. She's a girl before her time. Malta needs you to let her Lolita herself out. And her family's like, no. (laughs) Those assholes. Those, those, Those terrible hens. Oh, anything else for this chapter? Shall we move on? We can move on. I'm good. All right. Ashley? All right. Chapter 22 is called Plots and Perils. The chapter opens with the Marietta having just lost um, in the pursuit of yet another live ship. And Kenneth really thought that they had it this time. (laughs) It was super close, but still no dice. Um, Kenneth's new shadow, Etta, offers up some unsolicited advice on how they may catch a live ship in the future by using multiple ships on a narrow path to run it aground. Kenneth can't act too jazzed at the suggestion because, like, it came from his, like, woman whore. But he's actually, like, pretty jazzed about it. Um, Oh, God. And then my note screen closed. We also see Kenneth kind of at battle with himself over his contempt and his lust and feelings for Etta. And whether she's actually good to have around. Next up, we're with Paragon, who is being visited again by Mingsley, and he's brought along a Chalcedian named Firth, who doesn't seem to get along too well in the outdoors. And Mingsley goes on a... It's okay. It's okay, Firth. (laughs) Not everybody can handle being outside. He's just an indoors kind of guy. He's like, but please, can't we talk about this inside, my name? (laughs) Um... Mingsley goes on a good bit to try and convince Firth on why they need a live ship. And it's clear Mingsley thinks having a live ship is the gateway to riches. And um, that's because he thinks that they'll be able to break the monopoly that the Bingtown traders have on the Rainwild's goods. So Paragon gets very upset listening to Mingsley and he starts yelling that he's wrong and that he would never sail for them, that he would end up killing anybody who tried to sail him. And Mingsley says that he'll just have Paragon removed from the boat so that they can use the hull of the ship. And Firth is like, yeah, I think I might be interested. So they leave the beach and Paragon's just fucking losing it. He's like, no, I'll kill you. (laughs) Um, I really love that. He just totally lost his mind. So we leave behind Paragon to visit Althea and she's on the Reaper. And it's like not a great night for the, for the Reaper. Althea spots a serpent and a really long battle ensues. It's, uh, I feel like in my head it was like a scene straight out of an action movie and it was kind of like, 
a combo of the Titanic when shit goes down, but then also kind of like a Jaws thing <laughs> with, the, with the barrels going underneath the water so they know where he is. Um, everyone's yeah. trying their best to either kill or dodge the serpent. Um, one hunter at the very beginning is just not lucky and he gets devoured and that kind of everybody gets real pissed about that and they start really rallying together. Uh, we learn a little bit about the fighting style of the serpents, which I was super interested in. I actually brought it up a couple episodes ago. I was kind of wondering how what their attack plan is. But um, basically, they can spit stinging slime that can also like burn through sails and wood and flesh. And they use their bodies to rock and lift the ship to their advantage. Um, we take a break in all the action to see a brief interlude where Brashen and Althea really kind of awkwardly speak after sexy times. And he's still hot for the ship's boy, and she's just trying to ignore him, like, oh, yeah, nothing to see here. Um, he wants to grab drinks when they get to Candletown, but watch out for that serpent! <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird, where they're just like, chitter-chatter, chitter-chatter, like, oh, fuck! Uh, Althea saves a guy, they kill the serpent. Like a and badass. Then, yeah, and then they flee for Candletown. We move on to Wintrow at that point, who is sneaking off of Vivacia in the dark of early morning. Vivacia tries to get him to stay to no avail. He slips into the water to swim ashore, and Vivacia is emotionally annihilated. <laughs> Back to Kenneth and Etta, who are laying in bed together after some sexy times. Oh, Kenneth whispers sweet poetry to Etta, finally allowing himself to be tender towards her. Etta is drunk in love from his words and puts her hand on his hip and weeps. And then we learn all of these words were whispered by that creepy fucking <laughs> I was so mad when I saw that you had done this chapter, Ashley, because this is <laughs> literally the best chapter I've read in, like, the entire, like, all Robin Hood books yet. In Ooh. my opinion. This I is mean, the best. Praise. The scene wow. with the Reaper going up against the serpent, legit to me, was like sitting down and watching an action movie with the giant killer animal, which is my most favorite kind of movie to watch. It was so, so I cool. got real jazzed about that. And it looked kind of brutal. I thought it was um, the the weird spit that burns <laughs> through. It's basically like acid slime. That burns people's hands. People's hands were being burned off. It was ripping holes in their I mean, it's the, same, it's the same poison that they, like, make each other breathe in, right? I guess, They're yeah. So gross. <laughs> but, like, yeah. Pork and loogies. And then when they take the, the they take the big anchor, the hook or whatever, and wrap it up in salted yeah. meats to lure him, and then they get him, I'm like, oh, man, that was so good. <laughs> But he he comes back like three times. Like every time he's like, "I'm coming for you, bitches!" Because he he knew he was beat, but he like wouldn't yeah, give up. He was gonna do as much damage on his way out as he possibly could. As as yeah. any good monster movie or like you know kind of animal gone wrong movie has. Like you think it's done, and then I, it's called I Revenge mean, of the Serpent. <laughs> and I th I think this gives like a really good uh, illustration of how big these things are. Because before, yeah. the only description we had was it was half the length of a ship, which didn't sound that big. But this thing looks sounds like it's probably like twice the length of the ship. And yeah, I think they come in different. Yeah, sizes. this thing yeah. is big enough to like push the cog up out of the water, and you know, it, like it comes up on the deck, and it uh, when it was like spitting, it was like hitting Althea, and she was up on top of the mast, right? Right. Yeah. Like she was yeah. probably like a hundred feet in the air, and she got hit with spit. So it's like, this thing's crazy big. 
I mean, I've, it's like the beginning of Jurassic Park with Newman and <laughs> some water and there's a winch. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. Uh, yeah, I really, my favorite part is when she falls, like when she's falling down the rope and then she decides to catch that guy even though she knows it's going to hurt because yeah. he's, you know, she's small and she does it anyway and they're like, you know, like hanging down over the maw like that. Oh, so good. And you know they're freezing cold because it's winter mm-hmm. and they're having to do all this while like they can't feel their fingers and toes. Mm-hmm. It was great. And not only is it like acid spit, it like it makes you go numb too. It's like crazy. Yeah. It's like they've got like superpowers. They, they kind of have powers. too many powers. Yeah, like they, they, they're too much. They can do mind control. They got acid that makes you like fall asleep when you get hit with it. Like it's just crazy. They got too much stuff. Too many the powers. fact that it's like it seems to be really intelligent in the way that it attacks the boat and attacks the people. But that it was dumb enough to take the bait was a little surprising to me. But, I mean, they also have painted the portrait of these things as just being, like, starving sea monsters. So It also looked like it was, like, about to get Althea and that guy. And then, like, meat lands in the water right next to him. Yeah. Well, they're they're also, like, they have trained themselves to follow, like, slave ships and just, you know, casually eat the carcasses that get dumped overboard. Um. That was the a bad providers. word choice, but the so like what? Bodies. How many? How many people are we talking though? Like, is this like a person a day? Two people a day? Like, how many people are being? I like, think they're eating if your way ship more than can that. Hold, uh, I don't know, three hundred and fifty people. That's it. How 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 many are you losing in your in, in your in like a four month journey? It doesn't seem like they're eating that much. I don't we know. need to know enough. the serpent diet plan. Yeah, I mean, how often do if you have like a snake or something? Aren't you only supposed to feed them like once a week so they don't, you know? Right. Yeah. These guys seem a little more ravenous than that. I got the opinion (laughs) of like from the slave ships that it was, you know, maybe it's more than three hundred fifty people on a ship. I feel like maybe they just have like standing room only. They're just packing people in. Yeah. I thought it was, like, significantly more. And, you know, in my head, I envisioned it to be significantly more than 350. Yeah, like, maybe the boat is supposed to have 350 people, and they've got, like, 900 on there, and they're just... I was just thinking of how many people they saved when Kenneth took that one ship, and how many people were on it. Yeah, I don't know. It was, like, less than 300, right? I didn't think there was that many. Well, speaking of It was a whole village. I mean... Yeah, true. I don't want to talk about Kenneth. Kenneth who? (laughs) I love Kenneth. Let's talk about his little creepy charm. Yeah. (laughs) That charm is, that charm knows too much. It knows something (laughs) like futuristic or something. It knows, it knows fate. That charm is, it's willing to see what is. And Kenneth's a fucking like emotionally stunted moron who doesn't know like what he has found like ed is like a shelter dog if he's all you have to do is fucking adopt it and be nice to it and like that will protect like you better shelter. than like any other dog you will ever have and she's it's got that so kind of, spot on she's so, got that kind of wounded i just want somebody to like be mine and be loyal to and i will fuck a bitch up if they come at you like so she's charm is like cyrano 
<laughs> I know, but like that guy in the street too, and it knew about those the earrings it gave to Etta, and like it's just it it knows so much. It knows something it's not given. It it knows a lot more. Yes, than it's, but. How is Etta going to feel when she realizes that she's in a relationship with a wristwatch? <laughs> <laughs> she's going to well, protect that wristwatch with her life. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of paint that scene for us though, at the beginning Don't of the chapter it. when she provides him with... She walks up to him on the ship deck and she gives him this advice and he's like, you don't need to be giving me advice. Like, you just stand there and be silent. But then they're also doing, like, the little, like, winky winks to each other and, like, little head nods. Like, mm, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Like, but I have to, I can't do this in front of anybody. Like, I have to be this hard person. So for her, she's like, sweet. Now when we're private and alone, he whispers all these sweet nothings to me. But, you know, he has to be a hard ass mm-hmm. when we're in front of everybody else. Yeah. So the charm bracelet knows exactly what it's doing. Yeah. Also, how sad is it that she's like, you know, basically like, he said it once and that'll carry me for a lifetime. Like, right. Oh, oh, honey. There's there's so many better people out there. I just like that she has all these new outfits because she's just making clothes for herself on the (laughs) ship. Yeah. I like that she wears pantaloons and blouses. (laughs) And she's like, I'm going to be a pirate queen, motherfuckers. Watch me. Yeah. How about Paragon? We learned some new stuff. Maybe he did kill all those people well, on purpose. It sounds like he had a good reason. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the good reason yeah. is, but it, he th- seems to think he had a good reason for it. I'm still not convinced that he killed all of those people, like, intentionally, though. I feel like he maybe something tragic happened and he blamed himself mm, and then it just maybe. was like a spiral from there i don't know but he was saying that nobody believed him and he, he had to kill and he can he'll he'll do it again kind of thing yeah well maybe that was a thing where it was like he was as the ship telling them hey let, we can't go there like we can't do that and then they were like no we're going there anyway and so like then when the accident happened he felt like it was his fault because right. you know he had told them that they couldn't but that's but not he also the same rolled thing. the ship over. Yeah, but well, we don't know why. Maybe a serpent rolled him over. Obviously, they're large and can tilt a boat. Maybe yeah. it wasn't all his fault. Maybe. Or maybe it was because they were trying to do some like shady, dumbass shit with him. That's possible too. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he had a Kyle and he was just, you know, like, I can't handle this. I'm going to get rid it, of it. Also, to me, it seemed like there's something to do with the Rain Wild River that is like oh for sure super yeah. shady and you don't want to be doing it and i'm just dying to know yeah um Alyssa posted on her insta stories today the cover of mad ship i believe and yes. i would just like to point out that on the cover of this i'm assuming it's paragon and paragon is fucking fucking hot <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that when I was researching uh, covers for Althea inspiration. Oh, I'm looking at it. Yeah. Like, out of control, good looking. He also has eyes, though, so I'm like, is that Paragon? <laughs> I have the 2015 Delray Mass Market Edition if y'all want to see hot Paragon. It's one of my favorite because it inexplicably says, author of Fool's Assassin. <laughs> if you're reading in that order, you've you've done something incorrect. You might be Alyssa. <laughs> well, they duped you. I mean, we haven't we haven't seen Paragon from a female point of view yet. Um, 
I, I don't think I don't know if Althea like thinks about him in that way because she was a child when she met him. But like the way Wintro is like responding to Vivacia, I think the live ships like I think they get carved intentionally to be like alluring. That would make sense. Sort is of fosters that, the second that book bond. Or the third book. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a couple. I don't. Doesn't Amber say that it's like? Oh yeah, you were carved real well. <laughs> <laughs> Amber is a boat sexual. <laughs> real into. I work. think she does. I didn't even think about that because I was thinking from the artisan perspective that like she's like, right. wow. like she's actually looking at it like, oh my god, those carvings are so smooth. That's how that's oh how god. I read it too. But I just have to put my <laughs> spit on it when I can. I got really excited thinking that somehow Amber fixes his face, but I don't know if that's possible since Ooh. he's alive. Intriguing. Yeah, when do they feel pain? I don't know. Here, let me gouge it's you a like new pair of eyes. Ghost, though, she'd just wrap her arms around him and he'd shake his face. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out. Maybe maybe if she Wait. gives him, like, wizard wood fake eyeballs, like, you know, the, like the glass ones for people who lose their eyes, it'll actually, like, <laughs> yeah. meld with him and work. Put a pair of falsies on there. Yeah. <laughs> I just want these to turn into bad romance novels where all of the people are like hooking up with their with their ships. This is what I like. This is why I came on the podcast. More of this. <laughs> That's how you get those boats to go so fast. <laughs> gotta gotta find the sweet spot. Oh, I'm seeing I see the story. I see I see the paragon. <laughs> It's it's Kyle. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's move on to chapter twenty three, Alyssa. All right, twenty three is called Jamalia Slavers. <laughs> so Wintro is free. What could go wrong? Wintro. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm so tired. Uh, Wintro. Uh, as Eli was talking about before, it's reiterated here, Wintro muses that from far away, Jamelia looked beautiful, but like most cities, now that he's in it, he realizes it kind of blows. <laughs> and not only does it blow, it blows so hard that he thinks people don't even get up early because of how much it sucks. <laughs> he remembers how he completely abandoned Vivacia suddenly and he's feeling torn up but her resolves that he'll visit her you know someday and he muses that Jamalia City the greatest city in the world the heart and light of all civilization was rotting at the edges um slavery will do that to you and I can't wait for someone to invent the guillotine for this place <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, we go back to Vivacious' point of view, and Kyle is yelling at a woman again, and this time it's her, the only <laughs> woman around. And she rebuffs him in this quiet, chilling tone that she doesn't know where it comes from, while he continues to flip a dick at her for letting Wintro go. <laughs> Gantry interrupts all this, and he convinces Kyle to back off, and Kyle says, well, I'd better get to the slave mart, the subsidiary of Walmart, to pick up some <laughs> slaves. Because all his own yelling has delayed him already. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> can I just say that I have ne met, never met a person who is better at me, like, about creating his own problems for himself. <laughs> it's chivalry farseer. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Um, so Kyle and Torg leave. Gantry approaches Evasia and he asks if there's anything he can do for her. And she says, well, a mutiny would go pretty well. And he says, I'll do anything for ship, but I won't do that. <laughs> no, I won't do that. <laughs> um, Findo comes to play his fiddle. And this lightens Vivacious' heart, and she cries for the first time ever. That was weird. Cry. The world's smallest violin, perhaps. <laughs> um, so now it's action time, which is very exciting. And it's time for Kenneth, and Sorkor has spotted a slaver. Sorkor suggests that seizing a slaver and its subsequent slapping serpents isn't sightly for a woman, and that maybe she should... And that maybe Etta should retire to her room. And Etta is like, hell no. Kenneth insists on leading the men into battle and leaving three officers alive for questioning. I don't know why he needs three, but I guess it's better than one. And <laughs> as they move closer to the slaver, the captain tells them to back off because they know who they are. And he releases an anchor with five slaves attached to it directly into the ocean and says that he will keep killing slaves if the Marietta doesn't stand off. Kenneth, of course, doesn't give a shit because he's a stand-up guy. And he reminds Sorkor <laughs> that he himself said he would prefer death to slavery. Imagine hearing that. My <laughs> God. I argue with that logic. Come on. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense to me. <laughs> this is so action-y. <laughs> <laughs> this is so action-y that I had trouble kind of following it because I t my eyes tend to glaze over during action scenes, so I felt like I should explain it out. Um, Kenneth boards, finds the captain and mates climbing onto a lifeboat, trying to lower themselves unsuccessfully into the <laughs> ocean. And finally, finally on page 560 of the 24 Delray Market Edition paperback, Kenneth leaps aboard and says, Avast, which is the first piratey thing that has escaped his mouth the whole time. While the fight has been going on, the serpent that had been trailing this slaver is having a really good smorgasbord of a meal. Kenneth threatens to cut a lifeboat line unless the captain lowers his crossbow at him, and the captain scoffs, fires the crossbow directly into the serpent's eye, which sends it into a panic tantrum, and mm -hmm. he starts to cut a line himself, saying that he'd rather take his chances with the serpents. His mate is not chill with this and leaps back onto the ship <laughs> instead of cutting his line. It's just like straight from a movie. I love it. Um, Kenneth stabs him in the leg and leaps onto the lifeboat just in time for the block and tackle that's holding it up to break free. So men are being dumped into the ocean. The serpent is rising and is pissed off because there's a crossbow bolt in its brain. And Kenneth <laughs> leaps free of the falling boat quick as a cat in the night and clings to the ship's <laughs> railing. <laughs> He's almost got himself hauled over when the serpent spies his delicious-looking muscular calf, and he takes a chomp. <laughs> I love the way that it's jealous. described because it's like a delicate little, like a little nipping. Mm. He's like the, the serpent takes a moment to dab at his lips with a napkin, it's a tasting moment. <laughs> And he tries to pull the his whole ass body into the sea. And Etta's pissed. She's like, I never have gotten to eat his calf before. And she brandishes her kitchen knife, probably. 
and she tries holding on to him in this tug of war and verbally abuses the serpent. Um, I'm going to keep some of these in my back pocket for Joey, but she calls it (laughs) bitch thing, slimy sea worm, whore's ass, etc. and so on. Which is bold because she literally has a whore's ass. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was funny. She tries to grab him, but the serpent's biting. It's enormous. Kenneth's leg is nearly severed, and she has no choice to either lose him or hack off his leg. So she hacks off his leg. <laughs> um, meanwhile, yeah, oh boy. <laughs> Wintro's moving quickly through Walmart, witnessing some horrifying <laughs> things. <laughs> We've all done this. <laughs> Slave asks if he can. You laughing makes me laugh more. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help it. It's too funny. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god. Asleep. <laughs> I'm composed. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, a slave asks if he can deliver last rites to his pal. She's dying of blood loss from birth. It's horrific. Um, he gives her the comfort of saw, and it renders her into the state of calm, unfeeling, and she wills herself into death. But uh oh, the slave broke her saw, and he's angry at Wintro for killing her when she had another day's work left in her. This is <laughs> capitalism at its finest. <laughs> the- Slaves start to close in on him, but he keeps beating them with his bat and subdues them because they're weak and he is not. And he tells Wintro that he should clap these irons onto him that were on this dead woman. And Wintro calls him the murderer. The slave broker's like, you've got a smart mouth and you should pay me money for her. But obviously Wintro is wearing nothing but a dirty priest robe. Um, So the man calls over a guard. Wintro tries to run, but is struck in the head from the man's throne club and passes out. Uh, Wintro had a very Fitz-like end to this chapter. I'm like, what are we doing here, sir? Keep walking. (laughs) But I must interfere. It is my role. The the listeners wanted us to talk about Jamalia, so I think we've got a lot to talk about now, finally. (laughs) Yeah. Rotting at the about, edges really did it for me. Yeah, it's, it's got, a lot of, a lot of great, like great shit floating in the too. sidewalks, and I'm really impressed. You know, yeah, I don't really appreciate the way that Robin Hobb is describing the place that I live. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even have the benefit of gentrification. That's all in a separate quarter. I don't, do you guys want to talk about the fact that like Kenneth is like turning into a quintessential pirate? Like, when does the parrot? I know <laughs> he used peg, to pirate turn. Do you think that the parrot would fight with the charm bracelet though? Yes, for sure. Would the, the parrot, parrot would... repeat the things that the charm bracelet says? Probably. <laughs> yes, I love where you're going with this. This is amazing. <laughs> the parrot goes around spouting love poetry to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love love that when she chops off his leg to save his life, he's he's like, why did you chop off my leg? What did I I do to you? Because the acid slime had already eaten three quarters of the way through your goddamn bone. So I finished the job. He's not as much a fan of He's done plenty. Jenny, say that again. I said he's not as much of a fan of the amputation as Wintrow. Right. 
No. <laughs> and there's no live ship to eat his legs. So, I mean, what's yeah, the point? there's no live ship to <laughs> Maybe eat Maybe that's it. really what he's upset about. <laughs> are, we set, are we being set up for, like, a Captain Hook situation where he's going to, like, hunt down that serpent for, you know, the next <laughs> 50 years, like, to get his fucking leg back? <laughs> yeah. Does that make Sorcorse me? Yes, 100% it does. Sorcor is sweet. So I'm, I'm thinking that this is what the the little charm was talking about, about the whore being more expensive than the most expensive wife. Mm. I think. I don't know. Because the wife doesn't really care if you come back because she's going to get your money because uh, that's how like marriage works. Um, so yeah, get eaten by the sea serpent. I give a shit. I'll just take over the ship and um, your you know commercial interests. But whore is dependent on your continued uh, aliveness and satisfaction with her services <laughs> and ability to afford them. Right, and she's alone on a boat, right? Like, she's the only woman. So, like, she's all, he's also her source of protection mm-hmm. and authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really couldn't have a nicer guy, you know, getting his, like, you know, chopped off. So, I was a fan. <laughs> I'm just waiting to see how this is lucky for Kenneth, because it has to be. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it was lucky because it was a leg and not his rest <laughs> of his body. Yes, he sir. lived. And it sounded, he used all his luck jumping. And it sounded like it was leg below the knee, which is a lot easier to work with on a peg than uh, at the hip. True, true. true. It's just his, his calf, his muscular calf. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he's going to save on shoes for the rest of the <laughs> I have a hard time believing that he would in any way survive losing, losing his lower leg because just like infection and bleeding out and all of the above. Like He's going to be, I feel like he's going to have a real hard time with it. No, just pierce his leg with that belly button charm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the, uh, yeah, the acid... Works. Uh, spit is like maybe it cauterizes it. Yes, yeah. I still feel like Star Wars. It's just logic. gonna be like, oh, there's germs. I can't handle it. Yeah, <laughs> bitch thinks slimy <laughs> sea worm whore's ass. It's so good. <laughs> letting it rip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, I feel like Etta still hasn't shown us her, all of her full power. You know, like, she's still... I think she's going to hustle. I think she's going to hustle into, like, a manipulative role where she has more control over Kenneth. Well, yeah, he's missing a leg now. Well, yeah. <laughs> she's clearly intelligent and strong. So, I don't know. I can't wait to see what happens with her. Hopefully she's captain of a ship sometime. She should keep that axe. It's a lucky yeah. axe. She should get that axe tattooed on her body. <laughs> on her whore's ass. Yes, on her whore's ass. <laughs> it says whore's ass on her ass. <laughs> what you gonna say about it? Whore's ass is the name of her ship. <laughs> I love it. So do you think that the ed- that Robin Hobbs editor like was was kind of like okay we can't have a vast and Robin Hobb was like I I get to use it. <laughs> I'm so glad that it's there. I was losing hope. 
Um, I have nothing to say about Wintrow walking into a slave market <laughs> and not walking out. I <laughs> kind right. of do. This was like going back to remembering how old he is. I was like, this motherfucker, why are you being so fucking dumb? Get the fuck out of there. Why are you stopping and talking to people? It's like, eyes down, keep walking. And then I had to remember, like, no... His, like, one true passion in life is being a priest, but also, like, he's young and naive and just doesn't know. When he's talking about, like, I'll go to, I don't know, what do we call it? Saw's Temple. I don't know what the proper term for it is. And he's like, I'll go up there and I'll I'll plead the case and certainly they'll help keep her alive. And they're like, you fucking idiot. Like, what the hell are you talking to? It's corrupt as shit around here. And it's like, yeah, he's just a fucking child. Yeah. Right, he like bought into he bought into his religion and their purpose, uh, and didn't think about what it would take to keep a person like him idle, and educated, and you know, in in a in a cruel. They world. were also asking him to be a priest for a moment, and that's all he's wanted to be for months and months. So, yeah, well, and, and there was also a bit of um, I don't know, like a sort of ego goading where he's where basically they're like yeah the priests of saw around here are fucking corrupt we don't believe it and he's like then he got that i have to prove you know that there's right here and that like there is goodness and that saw's grace does exist you know or whatever so he basically got he got i don't i don't i don't know tricked is the right word but basically tricked by his own like pride in saw (laughs) essentially I'm just waiting for, like, you know, whatever happens in the next section where Kyle and Torg are, like, here to buy our slaves. Oh, look, that's my son. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Well, hey, Dad. Found him so easily. Hey. All because he was like, oh, I can't go to the center of the city. That's what they'll expect. So I'll just be out here. All right. Chapter 24. Malta. So chapter 24 is called The Rainwild Traders. So Malta's life is pretty rough. She's got to go to a trader meeting and her mother and grandmother are taking way too long getting ready. All because they had to go and get rid of all the servants because apparently they're poor now. Um, Her mother made her try and do math the other day, but she wasn't very good at it. And she can't wait until her dad comes home (laughs) because he's going to fix everything. Anyway, now she's going to miss the good snacks and that's the worst. I deeply identify with her. Yeah. I don't eat off of the picked, like the picked over trays. <laughs> also, also they have to go there and, and Devad restarts carriage, and he's still a fat fool, and his carriage door doesn't even stay closed. So life is awful, but at least she's got a new robe, like a proper trader woman. Now, if only her mother would listen to her about those nifty rain wild flame jewels she wants, then life would be great. Um, so they get to the trader concourse and it looks way less cool than it did for the ball, but that's probably because it needs to stay dark to hide the ugly rainwild people that are coming. Um, she flees the carriage before she has to touch Restart's gross, moist, meaty hand, which is like a terrible description. <laughs> the opposite of Kenneth's calf. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, before she goes in, she spots a rainwild family getting out of their carriage and they've got flame jewels and Malta's attracted to shiny things. So off she goes to stare or inappropriately present herself to which her mother and grandmother reply, Oh, Malta, which is apparently said a lot. Who else is getting um, Lydia vibes? Lydia Bennett yes, a hundred percent. I don't okay. know what that means. 
Continue. Okay. I was just to say, I identify with the O Malta because I feel like people do that to me. Um, (laughs) Oh, Jenny. Yes. (laughs) Not necessarily with the O, but like my old design director used to just be like, Jenny. Jenny. (laughs) I was like, what? Leave me alone. Anyway, inside they've missed the good snacks and they've got bad seats. I mean, she can hardly see Swoon's Serwin from where she is, so it's clearly a punishment. Anyway, politics are boring, and everyone would be better off if they just ignored them. Uh, she listens for a little bit, and the gist is that the Flame Jewel Rainwild Rain Trader wants them to be united and going to the Satrap and demanding that he keep his promises of his ancestors. And Restart wants to embrace the new traders. So there's a whole lot of arguing, and Malta is super bored. And after several attempts, she gets her mother to let her go to the back house, which is her excuse. Instead, she gets some wine and goes for a little stroll. She checks out the Rainwild carriage, and it's got a weird rooster with a crown on its crest. And uh, she's startled by what she thinks is a coachman, but considering he's got the expensive colored bling, he's probably not. Um... <laughs> They make some small talk about flame jewels and Malta gets cold and he gives her his scarf, which she doesn't really want, but then, hey, it's got a flame jewel on it, so of course she takes it. She she also gives him the rest of her wine. Uh, she has a small moment where she considers that this that maybe this interaction is inappropriate and decides to go back inside, because, you know, like, he's older than her. Um, so she pretty much steals his scarf, too, but, you know, he didn't ask for it back, so it's, it's not really stealing. <laughs> it's just, like, borrowing for a little while. He does ask her... <laughs> He does ask her her name, though, and she just replies with Malta and lets him figure out the rest. Uh, also, there's serpents. They're still gross. Shriver is concerned that Malkin doesn't know where the fuck he's going, but he assures her that this that he's got this with a super vague answer about needing to be in the right place at the right time, and when they are, he's sure he'll know it. So, clearly, serpent men are the same as human men and still refuse to ask for directions. <laughs> <laughs> but at least they have food, because they've got their providerships, so, you know. It's okay. Have y'all ever heard of planarian worms? No, no. do tell. <laughs> Rachel is so... like, God, I can't handle it. That's fine. <laughs> 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 these worms are real. And like in the 50s, they did this experiment on these worms where they would run a worm through a maze and then they would cut the worm up and feed it to another worm and that worm would remember how to get through the maze why and they remind me of the serpents yeah these are real this is why they can also regenerate like if you cut them up they'll like yes yeah but like you can cut them into like money parts and they will all grow this is why i'm concerned enough to go on a climate change change tangent but there are pieces of ice that are melting that have crazy fucking worms inside of them that are coming back to life and worms are going to fucking take over the planet for sure all i want is one big enough to ride you yes i totally agree with you <laughs> i hope it's a worm built for two i just i don't want it to be a planarium worm though like i i want that they don't look like anything they look like old boogers <laughs> they're like gummy worms they look like old yeah they, they're not like they're not like a cool worm they're not like the kind of attack no. worms that i would prefer to ride into battle <laughs> maybe they'll evolve into them so unlike chapter 22 which was my favorite chapter ever chapter 24 <laughs> was so fucking frustrating because they had bits oh. of interesting information and you could tell that interesting stuff was happening 
And then Malta just fucked off and didn't want to listen to it. And it was driving me bonkers. See, I'm kind of with Malta. Politics are boring. If only there were two more books. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know who the mystery man is. I feel like he's very important. Yeah, what's his crest about? Yeah, what's that crest? Yeah, what's he that got the little fire jimmies? He didn't care about giving away the little fire jimmies. Like, well, you know, they were hey, slightly cracked. They sit right by it. It's fine. They're only going to burn for a year or two. Um, mm-hmm. who, who besides me thinks Malta just like semi betrothed her, herself to someone? Because like, there's very <laughs> I, obviously like an exchange of gifts, and like, I don't know. I totally agree with you. The first thing that I thought was like, she's caught this person's eye. She's going to get treated when this, when the family can't pay their gold mm-hmm. and he's going to be like hand picking like, oh yeah, I'm going to take that check. Yeah. Well, she's also she going to be she's just to be... satisfy. Like, you know, right. here's a trinket. Mm. Keep, yeah. keep the lights off and keep them flame jewels coming. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> 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 so we're gonna make I Heart Malta shirts, correct? <laughs> oh hell yeah! <laughs> I'm okay yeah, with that. Yeah, I mean it, it definitely came across planes. as like, hey, this is a cute, amusing girl. Keep keep your cute amusingness coming. Yeah, and I'll give you shiny she's things. being rude, but he thinks she's yeah. just mysterious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get that. Oh, I get it. <laughs> the, problem with, the problem with Malta, though, is like that's like nice here, that's all she's got. Like, it's like, oh, don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was the kind of weird part. It's like, yeah, he was like, he was into it. Here, I'll, yeah, sure, I'll take your wine. Well, how? What does that say to you about someone who is like, oh, this girl is being rude and shitty to me, and I like it. He's also very sheltered and needs to be socialized into society. Oh, I take it as like he has a ton of power and he's just gonna fuck with her. That too. That's yeah. Kind of, it yeah, could, it could kind of, kind of go either like way. Me. Like either yeah. he knows like so much more than she does, and he's like knows he's holding a lot of cards, or he's like, or he well, just likes or he just likes rude girls. I could get that, that too. too. You know what? We've all been attracted to the rude person here and there. It happens. Considering that his opening line was like correcting her on her misinformation, I'm he probably knows more. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I like that she was just practicing like how she was gonna, you know, tell Dello all those stuff and like sound smarter than her. Which I totally do that sometimes. <laughs> I have to rehearse to myself before I make my zingers, you know? But not out loud, like, in front of, like, random coachmen. Oh, I totally do it out loud, but it's normally in my car. Yeah, like, not in front of people. You're not, like, walking down the street and being like, oh, here's what I'm gonna say. Like a stand-up. So, this is maybe not nearly nearly as important, mysterious, or intriguing, but I, I have this ongoing fascination with the state of Devad Rustart's stuff. <laughs> Why is it all so crappy? Why are his servants so bad? Why does he allow them to take advantage of him? Like, what is this? What's going on with all of that? His it's a combination of bad finances and his wife died and she was the one that, like, did Ran his everything. 
Yeah. He keeps he does. He can't he just be like fix about, the carrots. Um, yeah, it's like a weird combination of he keeps talking about how he thinks that like slaves are a good idea and that he wouldn't have these problems if he had slaves. But at the same time, he had his wife died, and he has like a lot of the same kind of like positions that an old trader who would be against these things would have. It's like it's like a little bit of duality going on. With him, it doesn't make sure. a lot of sense. Right, but those are his motivations. I'm talking about why is he unable to motivate the people that work for him to fix his carriage <laughs> door? Because <laughs> they're two seconds away from a mutiny themselves? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't respect him, and I don't think they do either. <laughs> All right. Does he actually have any of the people that he says he has? Mm. Ooh. Or is it all just like an elaborate front because he broke as fuck? <laughs> yeah, which I mean... They they might all be broke. All of the traders. Yeah, I was going to say, they're, they're all, all broke. Walt is not happy. She can't get her flame jewels. And he had Rach, but then he gave her away, so I don't know. Well, then he wanted her back. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, something is definitely up with him, you can tell. I'm just not entirely sure what it is yet. Yeah, I mean, it's the least interesting thing, but it just keeps happening, and it's so pointed, where it's like every time they encounter him, it's like, here's yet another thing that the people who work for him are incompetent or unable to do. I just, yeah, I don't know if they're just trying to paint him as kind of like a bumbling idiot, or... Yeah, his clothes are shit, his house is dirty, his carriage doesn't work, like... His clothing is old and out of fashion and doesn't fit him. Yeah. He has no friends. His only friends are people (laughs) who don't agree with him. (laughs) I know. I'm like, why are they hanging out with him? Like, she's just, they don't, yeah, I guess. (laughs) It's always a great reason to have friends. Well, apparently no one else wants to hang out with the Vestrits anyway, so. So, Lydia Bennett. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Lydia Bennett is the instigator of all the of all the problems in Pride and okay. Prejudice. She's the the youngest little slut that runs off. Oh, the one that sleeps with the officer. Yeah, yeah, yes, the one that that ruins everyone else's reputations. They're ruined, <laughs> and only because she wants to put herself out there. All I can she help wants think to be is seen. It's con crunch season, so Rachel's probably watched this movie <laughs> 17 times in the last three days. So it's just like highly relevant on the tip of her brain. Wow. Comparison. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't. I, I watch other stuff sometimes. Yes, I see you've got a Witcher joke coming up. <laughs> no shame. <laughs> Oh, all right, fine. I'm not talking anymore. <laughs> but yes, she uh, she is very definitely vi- vibing um, Lydia Bennett, and for sure, her her mom's uh, approach to trying to correct her is unfortunately lost on her. Uh, I don't know. Like I I would have been so much harsher about it. Um, it wouldn't have been like you're going to start taking on the responsibilities of a traitor woman. It would have been like. I'm going to show you the harsh realities 
of what fucking happens if you can't handle yourself around adult men. And then we're going to have a fucking conversation about your new responsibilities as a traitor woman. But that's coming first so that you get the consequences. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just feel, obviously I feel very strongly about this, but it's like, like they're, they, like they're, they're not grasping the fundamental point that Malta does not have any concept of the actual consequences of her behavior. And right. like, they're, they're still trying to shield her from that while thinking that like changing her, you know, the, the behaviors that they're capable of directing is going to correct it. And it's like, no, unless she understands like what they're trying to save her from, she's not going to change. And like, yeah. Well, she hasn't had any consequences to anything ever, you know, short of like, oh, you didn't get this dress. Oh, but she got the dress anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, she did have a... But I mean, do we need another storyline where somebody is like, has their ass handed to them or is sold into like horse, like, you know, like to a brothel or... Right. I don't know, is the victim of some horrible violence. Exactly. I don't I don't want that storyline. I want someone to point out to her that that's yeah. what's going to happen in a way that like she can actually grasp so that she wants to change and like, oh, oh, you are trying to be responsible and show me how to be like a woman that that doesn't happen to. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 25 is called Candletown. Uh, upon docking in Candletown, Ath, ship's boy, is summoned to see the captain. Brashen brings the message to Althea, and while she's on her way, he asks her on a date. So he's like, hey, dinner ashore tonight? And Althea's like, maybe. And she's, like, distracted, and, like, Brashen's like, yes, you are awesome. (laughs) And Althea forgets immediately. Um, (laughs) And so, like, because he, I don't know, I don't know what Brashen's plan is, but he's just, he has to ruin everything. So he's had this, like, relatively okay interaction. So then, of course, he decides to end it with, uh, oh, your scar the acid on your face that makes you ugly you're not as ugly as i thought you'd be <laughs> it's going okay <laughs> which reminds me of Geralt because uh, in witcher because that's what he says to siri about the scar on her face and i was like that's super shitty awesome um so brashen lets althea go after telling her that he has been offered the second mate position on the ship and that he's accepted but he's actually still deciding but as far as they're concerned he's accepted so anyways he's gonna go to the red eve so he'll see i'll see you there later we're gonna have dinner yeah and althea's like yeah yeah whatever i don't care (laughs) so she goes to see the captain and she realizes like she cannot get the ship's ticket with this assumed name because that's nothing that does not that doesn't fit into her plan of being able to say Althea Vestra is a good sailor so the captain tells Ath that you know we like your style do you want to stay on you think we think you've got a career here um and Althea hems and haws and she basically implies that she might want to if she can't get anything better (laughs) which is a super great way to uh, accept a job so the captain obviously doesn't like that and he basically rescinds the offer and then asks uh for the name for her ship's ticket like we're getting you the fuck out and so althea gives her real name and then there's kind of like a comedy of realization uh and the captain is not pleased he shouts that she's made a fool of him and that she's bad luck and a whore and that her period attracts serpents (laughs) and he kicks her off the ship he refuses to give her a ticket he like 
shoves a couple coins at her like this is like the pay that you get um and so now althea is stuck in candletown with nothing but her sea bag and her measly pay uh so meanwhile brashen is whistling his way through candletown on his way to his absolute crap airbnb it's cozy it's minimal it's clean there are no frills it's just what you need but suspiciously there are no reviews so brashen tells the proprietor that someone named athel should be coming along to look for him uh he's real confident about it and he goes to take a bath that Althea, it turns out, is not thinking of Brashen at all. She's stomping through Candletown, choosing a tavern at will, and trying not to dwell on how far her reclaiming of the vivacia seems or how much she misses her father and the life that she had while he was still alive. So instead, she's going party. She asks around for a place to stay and gets some, like, too expensive, like, recommendations. And then, like, even, like, the shitty recommendations end up being too expensive because she's just a ship's boy and she has hardly any money at all. Um, and then jokingly they say, well, you should go to the Red Eaves, which she immediately rejects because she remembers Brashen saying Red Eaves. So she continues to contemplate her night while sailors are drinking and whoring all around her and it seems real rowdy. And then she walks off into the night to find a place to sleep. And after assessing all of the available places are exactly as horrible and full of prostitutes as each other, um, Althea finds herself drinking alone in a random random tavern, thinking sadly about her life which is something that she seems to do kind of a lot. So this is how Brashen finds her, storms in. And he's obviously been in a fight, and he's looking for Althea, and he's hurt that she stood him up. But, I mean, did she? Uh, it turns out that Brashen went back to the ship to see if Althea was there, and he got roped into the captain's kind of anger. Uh, they end up having a fight, presumably over Althea's honor, and Brashen asks her why she gave them her real name. And Althea tells him her plan to reclaim the Vivacia, to which he rolls his eyes. And then Althea suggests that she'll just slit Kyle's throat as a backup <laughs> plan, which is, like, kind of a joke. But also, like, why didn't you do that in the first place? So, TLDR, after all of this conversation, there isn't much else to talk about besides what Althea will do next. And then this is where Brashen is hoping, you know, like, what she's going to do next is him. <laughs> and he can still salvage this night. But Althea is not interested. It was a mistake. It was the Sindin. <laughs> so Brashen is rejected again. Brashen leaves, but not before telling Althea that she smells really bad. And she takes such a <laughs> dick move. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> sure. <laughs> But Karma's a bitch. When Brashen gets back to his two-star Airbnb, he finds the door shut and the innkeeper won't open it because, well, Brashen left the bath really disgusting with all of his sailor grime and he's not allowed back in. And then Brashen's like, well, I paid for a night. And then in like pure Monty Python fashion, the guy throws his sea bag and his coins out the window and he's like, you are too messy. <laughs> I just love the imagery of an innkeep with his nightcap on and his nightgown yelling, you are not a tidy person. (laughs) That man said tidy like 15 times in this chapter. (laughs) Well, that was the joke. It was like, clearly this person, no, you only send people there to get like kicked out. Like no one actually successfully sleeps. Like like all the guards were like like, laughing at him. (laughs) Kenneth would be that guy's best friend. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well like the thing is Brashen like there's the whole scene with Brashen where he like very carefully like you know does what he's supposed to do after the bath. Like he talks about that. So then it's like well is this guy just a scam? Does he just like take random sailors money and then make excuses for why they can't actually sleep there? (laughs) Like... 
Well, no, because yeah, because he gives him his money back. Oh, okay. So it just seems like he just doesn't make any money at all. Oh, I, I missed that part. <laughs> I thought he just threw his bag out the window. It was like, yeah, you're same. not a tidy person. Like you broke my rules, so I'm not giving you your money back. And there's your bag. You're fucked, sailor. Let me check because I thought I thought that he also threw coins out the window. Well, y'all know I was speed reading this, so <laughs> like I might have missed that it was the bag and the coins. Uh, let's see. Above his head, a window opened. The landlord stuck his head out. Who's there? He demanded. Me, Brashen, let me in. You left the washing room a mess. You didn't scrub <laughs> out the trough and you left the towels in a heap. He stared at, up at the window in consternation. Let me in. It's raining. You are not a tidy person. The, inco- <laughs> the innkeeper shouted down at him. But I paid for a room. For an answer, his duffel bag came flying out the window. It landed in the money streets with a splat that splattered. Brashen as well. Hey, he shouted, but the window above him shut firmly. So you're right. For a time, he knocked and then kicked at the barred door. Then he shouted curses up at the closed window. He was throwing great handfuls of greasy mud up at it when the city guards came by and laughingly told him to move along. So yeah, he did not. He did keep his money. So that's... Sorry, Brash. Better reading comprehension than me. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so Brashen got scammed and everybody like, the guy that directed him there knew that was going to happen. Oh. Wintro would have figured that out. <laughs> Wintro Just wouldn't saying. have left. He wouldn't have left the room. He would have been like... No, he would have, like... He would have cleaned the bathroom after he used it, folded up his And towels. gone to meditate, and... <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the secret, right? You can't leave. Yes. Once you leave, that's how you... That's how you lose your space. That's how yeah. you don't get back in. Yes, Wintero yeah. would just move in and never go. <laughs> Kyle will be banging on the so do we? Kyle think, be banging do on we the think door. That, that... and then he would be like, "You are not a tidy oh. person. Get out." <laughs> <laughs> and Wintero would be like, "Ha!" <laughs> so, do we think that Althea stood up, Brashen, or was Brashen just misinterpreting the situation? Um. I think Althea is intentionally avoiding him because she has feels and she doesn't want to deal with that. Right. So it's like he wasn't misinterpreting that there's something there. She's just like intentionally not acting on it. I think she could have been clearer with Brashen about her not showing up. Like she never intended to show up to meet him. But I I think she she was intentionally unclear because she didn't want to like... I feel like she didn't want to dismiss him completely at the time, but she also didn't want to actually commit to anything because she wasn't I, actually going to go. But Brashen also <laughs> took it as, yes, I'm definitely got getting... getting oh, yeah. Tonight. No. And it was... I, I I read it as, oh, Brashen. <laughs> oh, he and Malta can bond. <laughs> Apparently she's going to... Malta's trying to hit up his younger brother. That's true. He's now the heir. That's <laughs> true. Serwin wants a vestrid. Everybody wants a vestrid. Who knows why? They're all broke. <laughs> I don't know. They're all, everyone's broke. It doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> also, like, I feel like their idea of broke is Oh, yeah, relative. for sure. We can only have two servants. Like, they still have land. Not, and, like, yeah. more. Well, their idea Blood, of broke is also we want to like we have we have to make you know 
Okay, so what what were they? They owe fourteen, and she was only came up with twelve, and now they owe sixteen. So you know, basically, yeah. you know, we have to. It's like twenty percent or something of their. They do, and they do that yeah. twice a year. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying it's like a twenty percent increase in in their dividends. They have to. I mean, they got to cut everything. I mean, what's what's crazy is if you have a live ship, right? The, presumably, the point of a live ship is that you can trade up the Rainwild River mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So the fact that they're not doing that with the Vivacia, they could literally sell her and make the same amount of money. They're you know they're pulling money that they're making these payments with, but they're treating her like she's a regular mm-hmm. ship. So why not just have a regular ship that you don't have to pay <laughs> for? True, because the agreement was like blood or coin so we'll give them back the vivacia there's blood in her Some well if they sold the vivacia then they would have the coin if to they, pay if they sold the vivacia they would have three generations worth of money yeah that's a lot of money, money. yeah but they'd also be selling all, their like, yeah no i know yeah i yeah. i get that but like that's their that's their that's the equity they have. They have three generations worth of rich people money. So so what happened up the Rainwilds <laughs> that was so fucked up that Efren was like, we're never trading up there again? I want to know. Well, he apparently blamed it for the blood plague that killed off the younger children. The sons. Or the older children. Yeah. The sons. The mm. oldest sons. Yeah. When they were younger. Is that it? Is there more? I feel like there might well, be that's more That's all we that. know yeah. at this point in time. But I also just, I just wonder, like, it doesn't, it seems like not all of the trader families have a ship. Like, Devad doesn't have a ship. Right. Where's his ship? Sell him the, the ship. Well, if he did have him. a ship, it would probably be falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> He'd have, like, a Paragon kind of ship. <laughs> I'm surprised Paragon isn't his ship. Except then he'd be dead. No, he's a, he's a Ludluck, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do want to see more of the ships. I want to see like how how what the, if they're all like what what are their similarities? How are yeah, they? And how many of the live ships are there? Because there's something like what fifty six um, of the original trader families. Um, I think is what they said at some point it was the number thrown out. Yeah. And how how so? How many of them have a live ship? I mean, is it like there's five live ships? Is there are there twenty like, or like half? Know, like yeah, how many people yeah. were in that like procession where they had to introduce five ships to all the live ships? I definitely you know, like, feel like they should be having live, yeah, they should be having live ship meetups for sure. Where like, <laughs> you know, they can they can all yeah, Chicago. they can all just like talk to each other and vent about their stupid humans and cargo mm-hmm. that's hurting their bellies and <laughs> the coolest thing that they recently ate. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> disgusting thing they recently ate all right so every episode prompts uh this be my crew character introductions and exit well, exits with kind of like yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um hello mysterious rain man yeah. in the rain wild dark oh yes rain wild man with the flaming jewels 
I know that this is not how they are described, but every single time a Rainwilder is on the page, I picture a giant hat with veils coming off of it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I picture. I like that Mystery Man like had like wide the slit hat. in his <laughs> lace to be like his, you know, yeah, he can so nosh he could drink and the wine, drink with the it's best a, of them. Very, it's very practical the way all of us like design masks that we can at least like slip a straw under. I mean, right. If you can't do that, you're are you really living? Yeah. How are you gonna socialize? <laughs> I just don't I don't know. I'm just I'm still picturing giant hats. Like hats that are wider than the people's shoulders with like <laughs> veils hanging See, off. Yeah, I just of pictured them, like, them in like, like fucking like lampshades. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I just pictured fancy hoodies with like veils. Fancy hoodies, yeah. Fancy hoodies, yeah. <laughs> Not like, not like a, like a, like a dancer's veil, you know, with, no, just fancy hoodies. Yeah. <laughs> with, like, the nose, with the nose rings and stuff. No. Okay. Yeah. Are, do they, are they described as having hats? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I don't think they are, but for whatever reason. Yeah. That's yeah. why I said yeah. fancy hoodies. I was picturing like a hijab and with like yeah. a, veil, a veil in the front. Right. And no, in my head, it's like really gigantic <laughs> and, and see i'm going with like with some really, like curtains. historical sort of like um like a i think it's like a kalosh or kibosh hood um on cloaks where mm. it's almost like wired to stand up or like the georgian sort of um domino mm-hmm. where like so it, the hair it, I, I think that's yeah. maybe the same kind of hood where it comes up like over the front of your face and so it's kind of sticking out and then you can have like veils over it i just like that he's got like a fancy hipster scarf with like you know <laughs> flame jewels hanging off of it but it's very utilitarian because it's super warm but it folds up super teeny tiny yeah it's like really airy but it's warm because it's like got rain wild magic in it or whatever mm-hmm. um who else did we meet the lady who uh, led the 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 meeting yes johnny who's Name I can't oh, yeah. remember. Yeah. Jenny, Jamie. Audiobook, it was Johnny. Yanni. Was Johnny. 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 Okay. Cooper. It's, it's, it's spelled J-A-N-I um, X- on the page. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. X marks the spot. Where the heck are we? Who knows? Somewhere. They talked about Jamelia. those northern barbarians again. I mean, we finally hit Jamelia. That's the farthest south Where's we've Candle ever Town? been. As Anybody know? I don't know. Molly's Paradise. Is it near Bingtown? <laughs> no, no. Oh, I don't let me see if it's on a map. In the there's no official maps. This is a hard, like, hard there's a map in There's a map at the beginning uh, of the book. Yeah. But it's not, like, a real map. It's like, here's some grass. <laughs> Candletown <laughs> is north of Jamalia City. Oh, okay. So it's south of the pirates? South of... Yes, exactly. I don't have that. I have Hawser Channel. What? <laughs> it says Hawser oh, Channel. Oh, bef- the page before that. Yeah. I have oh. Bing Down. I have Bing Town you... Trader Bay, and then it's the, the Cursed, Cursed Shores, Shores and then Hawser Channel. Oh, okay. So Candletown is is south of the Pirate Isles, yeah. but north of Jamalia, and then Trader Bay is pretty is up at the top. Okay. So she's about as far as she would normally get from home when she's in Candletown. Do you think Molly's ever been to Candletown? Do you think she knows about Candletown and, like, wants to go? 
Molly is the Empress of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got a ways to schlep to get from Jamelia to Marrow. Isn't that where um, Winter Winter was wants going? to go? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where his where he's from. Oh, good luck to him. If do Fitz could really do it, th- Wintro can do it. Do we really think he's going to make it out of that slave market? <laughs> I'm just being optimistic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I mean... Fitz had a wolf to help him sometimes. So right? Winter ain't got shit. I mean, if we saw Fitz without his wolf, he nearly got himself killed several times. Yeah. Night Eyes was the brains of that operation. <laughs> Because Night Eyes would have been like, Wintro, no. Don't go over to the slaves. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) I love on this map for the Cursed Shores, it says Pirate Isles. And then underneath it, it says, not reliably charted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love it. It's like, it's like people, there's a thousand ships that do nothing but go north and south between the pirate isles, but it's not reliably charted. I mean, it's on the other's island, so. (laughs) Well, some of them go on the outside, so. Yeah. But then that's where the storms, like, like most don't, because that's where the storms are. So, like, why aren't you, it's like in Star Wars, where they're like, oh, we don't, we can't read the map because there's a small hole in this part right here. And I'm like, so? Go there and look at it and fill the map in. Go where it's the hard to Google is. this and All Life of... Ship Trader's map is just giving me the six, du- six duchies. <laughs> Google has chosen. Oh, here's something. All of yeah, these Google islands. Re- I can't read it. Suspicious. Google rejects Jamelia too. Bad water. There's a town called Bad Water. Maybe don't drink the water there. Don't drink the water. What if it's like actually the best water and they just don't want you to know? <laughs> like <Greenland laughs> and Iceland. Wow! So they it's have to go the around the all of these Icky? little islands when they go anywhere. Yeah. Is this a place called Icky? <laughs> what is this called? Icky. Where are you Where looking? Are you looking? Oh, on Old Winsome Head. <laughs> There's a place called Icky. <laughs> Which map is this? It's north of Fair Fern Island. It's so Island. hard it's to see. Blurry. I think it says Rocky. 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 Yeah. Old Woman Icky. Island. <laughs> Old Woman Island. <laughs> That's where I'll go. Y'all have. <laughs> this way to the Barrens. Where are the Barrens? Not reliably charted my I ass. Scatter Islands. It's just what they told him. All right. Uh, Sorry, mild tangent. What a tangle. Ugh. What are the serpents doing? Searching, seeking, eating, growing, I have a really hard time. Like, the the serpent sections, they're small, but, like, I have to reread them, like, a couple of times. They make no sense ever Yeah, they're really disorienting to read. I feel like I can never tell what the fuck is going on. I mean, I think that's kind of the point, but also it just makes me not care. I know. I'm just like, okay, and there were serpents. Okay, bye. (laughs) That one chick is still mad at that one dude who doesn't really know where he's going. Whatever. And there's like only three that are named and I'm like, I can't keep track at all of what any of these things are doing. I don't care. They're disgusting. They're Malkin being disgusting. Malkin is the one with the yeah. eyes. But then the other two are both S's and I'm like, whatever. They might as well be the same serpent. Shriver and Shishuria. Sure. Something yeah. like that. I keep flipping their genders. Yeah, me too. 
Uh, the ships talk, which we learned about live ships in this section. They can cry. Oh, uh, they can cry. Which is weird. They don't, like, immediately, like, go insane when they're one human. Leaves. I mean, we don't really know that yet. I mean, she wasn't too happy. She wasn't happy, but she was... Give her fun. time. Sometimes you just gotta like, let that shit fester. She was already talking about mutiny. <laughs> she was like, he left me because I'm too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But she did hit Kyle, and that was pretty great. Uh, I loved it. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, yes. man. Just swat him like a all for All for vivacious bitch laughing Kyle. And he's like, a woman just Paragons. hit me, like... His dick shriveled up, I'm sure. <laughs> a giant wooden woman. That was that was pretty cool when she Paragon slapped him. Paragon taught us that the ships can like flip over and like do cool tricks. <laughs> Paragon rolls over. Here's but a good treat. The one one home slice seemed to like actually care about her. So we can see where that goes. Gantry? What Gantry? Yeah, yeah he's a Gantry. he's a solid dude. Because uh, he he's he's also the one that sort of took like took Wintrow's side against Kyle after the finger incident and was like, all right, right. I'm gonna treat him like an actual crew member now and not like let Kyle, you know, mistreat him anymore because he's a son. So like that was that was kind of a baller move. He's a he's he's grown on me for sure. Yeah. Is this the patriarchy, misogyny, capitalism, slavery, and fashions from Jamelia? Well guess what? <laughs> We're exactly there. Woo <laughs> It's... We are in the cultural capital, the epicenter, the places where everything is matters and no one does. And it the is the center just of learning and art. Fashion so where far? are my buttons? That's all I want to know. <laughs> the button market is on the other side <laughs> of Jamalia. If Wintro had taken one more step without being hit by that club, it would have just been buttons. <laughs> so many buttons and abortifacients. Slash so why didn't he go to the garment district instead of the slave market? I have a feeling that Jamelia doesn't have a non-slave district. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's probably true. Well, it's it's not not necessarily there. There are places where there's a non-slave district. It's just that you can immediately become a slave if you are in debt. It's not even just if you're in debt. It's like you're poor and you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason. Doesn't appear to be... Well, I don't know. I mean, it depends on, like... Like, when you leave the house every day, are you like, okay, I'm going to be here, here, and here, and if I'm not back by three, (laughs) then I was taken by slavers. (laughs) Probably. Probably. It's like if you're the right person (laughs) and you're short a couple slaves, you just walk over and pick a few poor people and be like hey what did you do wrong are there, you're my slave now are there wizard wood charms to protect against slavery <laughs> right that'd be pretty and can it be worn simultaneously with the anti-pregnancy anti-std one <laughs> do they cancel the, each the other out yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I felt a little judged pretty harshly when she was described when, you know, like, at, like I was reading it through Wintrow's eyes, but I'm like, okay, Robin Hobb wrote this. And I'm like, Robin Hobb doesn't like New York. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Clear. her Instagram? No. <laughs> it's like dogs and chickens. Yeah, and like she's woods. like plants and rocks on the and... ground. 
Yeah, uh, yesterday or today it was like a seed packet. I'm like, oh god, we are opposite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, reminder for next reading section, we're going to do chapters 26 through 30. This book will never end, <laughs> but we have no content warnings. Hooray! We're safe. Yay. How many chapters are in this book? I don't know. I think we have know. like two more recordings for this book. 36. Hey, I did it correctly. So we're going to have one extra at the end, but yeah, it'll be short-ish. Cool. Um... Okay, I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter, Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram, and you can email us at buckkeepradio at gmail.com. I'm Alyssa, and you can find me at alyssamainer.com. I'm Jenny. You can find me at facelessfree on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. I'm Elena. You can find me at Moff Elena on Instagram. And I'm Ashley. I'm at Ladybird Parker on Instagram. All right, next up is spoilers. Bye. 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 to say was these poor sweet summer children they think that kenneth's gonna oh. have this cute little peg leg and it's gonna be a cool little <laughs> a change of heart he's not gonna spend a whole book in a bed being rotty <laughs> me hearty like half this book and then half the other one yeah he's out for the count my god well at least he has wintro oh I cannot remember this, but does Kenneth have the hots for Wintro? Oh, yes. Or am I reading into it? Oh, okay. Okay. He absolutely did, and then Althea looked a little bit like him, and it was all over. Too much Into like terrible him. Okay, land. I'm not to that part yet. I'm not to that part yet. I may have, may have blocked some of the more horrific reveals out, but okay, so there's like weird pedophilia slash like self i don't know like yeah it's not sudden okay there was something else that i was like they were too close to what was it that they they didn't get it right but they were too close oh yeah there was a point where i was just cramming my mouth shut like don't say anything it was it about i don't know if it was about the <laughs> serpents i don't think it was amber it was not amber time no maybe it was malta and rain Oh no, they were kind. Of, they were off about rain. Yeah, I'm going through the chapter. I should have wrote this down. I know. I need a notepad. More noise. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Sorcor and Etta, and then chops his leg right off. Thea saves a guy. What chapter was it? I think it was Ashley's chapter, right? Okay. Yes, yeah. It was... Paragon. Oh, it was Paragon looking like Fitz, and then we were looking at the cover. (gasps) Yeah! Oh my god! (laughs) I can't believe that that was what they called so early. (laughs) 
Yeah, and then Ashley was like, oh, I have this, I hope that, that Amber gets to, like, work her ways on Paragon, and I was like, oh, you have no idea? Oh, I have no idea. He's like, he is hot, isn't he? So hot. So very attractive. I'm a little messed up, but I just picture him sometimes, like, he's laying on the shore, and I'm like, my brain's like, ah, centaur, not boat. And I just picture him as half horse. I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of the same shape overall. Lumpy. Like a, yeah, like a horse laying on the ground. Mm. A little ungainly. Yeah. <laughs> a little messed Better up. Better when, like, moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not so. Mm. They're going to be so excited when, well, first Amber, like, practices on Ophelia. Yes. And then, and then she's gonna be like, "All right, let's unleash, let's unleash the kraken, and let's make Paragon as hot as I feel he can be." <laughs> they're gonna lose their minds. With only the best, if they don't, we'll have to see if they're me or you in the situation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love toward the end of this book when um, Amber and Paragon. W- warm up to each other and my heart could break for how much i love them both it's just mm. so oh they want to be friends and she brings well, in the gift that's so nice yeah i think i think that you know like broken broken things tend to flock together yeah <laughs> they understand each other they don't judge each other for being broken yeah oh my gosh the worms came up because I learned about them today because I was going on a tangent describing the process to a dragon in these books. And okay, he was like, oh, yeah, that's this worm that remembers. Do you right, know? But what happens yeah. when you get what happened? I was actually thinking about this the other day. I'm like, OK, so like they build on each other and they always like remember their like past life and then they go back into the sea and then they, you know, like whatever. And <laughs> what how do you get new ones into the cycle or is there just a finite amount of dragons that always was and ever will be? Oh, egg. Eli was the, right. Egg. But the <laughs> egg, the egg still becomes a serpent that has to remember what it was before. Yeah, it's like the it's like an insect metamorphosis life cycle where like like a beautiful butterfly, like the serpent builds a cocoon and becomes right. the dragon. And then or a boat. Or a boat if you're a cruel or- human and these things have been sitting there for a really long time and you just hack it Half up and boat. make and sell it. At least they're not kitchen tables or something, you know, like. Oh, God. I mean, there is a boat, the boat with just the eyes painted on it that has awareness. Poor boat. (laughs) But it's not a cupboard. It's not a table. It's not. (laughs) It can move. A workbench in the garage. Yeah, that's true. Look on the bright side for it the flooring and the capital or whatever (laughs) it just wants to scream but it's fine (laughs) (laughs) it just makes people argue all day i don't know why that is uh 
yeah i don't i thought that that was pretty good that they they pointed out the paragon thing and that they're excited for that even though they have to wait a little bit for it um yeah. and then also they really think that Kenneth is gonna pull through i'm gonna i'm excited i can't i'm gonna have to engineer it so that we end on that like our reading section ends on the chapter where Kenneth like dies <gasps> yes oh where, you know where Wintrow's like yep. you're gonna fucking live and then it's like and then he died <laughs> yep <laughs> see i'll see if i can engineer the reading schedule so that that's a cliffhanger so that we're that you know that'll be fun that'd be so good a little bit of torture you you genius I'm excited for all this shit to be over, and because Althea gets a better lot pretty fast, yeah. Too so, seeing her happy. Yeah, when her adventure actually, when her adventure actually starts, instead of her being a little bit in stasis. Yes, like, we're getting we're getting character development, especially with her impression. But I want her to do something because right now she's just kind of like stuff's happening to her. Yes. Finally, she'll be able to do something. Yeah, <laughs> she has a little bit of agency. And that boy that's going to hit on her, on, um, Ophelia? Oh, um, what, what's her Yes, the, Oph- the, the Ophelia guy. To- uh, Gar, Grant. It's just Tor- a guttural drag. noise. Yeah. Trag? <laughs> yeah, Trag. Trag Gorson? No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. If it was like a G... Uh, Trag Garcia. <laughs> Trag. I'm trying to look it up. I'm trying to look it up. Look it up. Uh, I feel like I'm brashing right now. It's like, what the? What's his fucking name? Yeah, like, uh, do you know me? Uh, he's okay. Gur. Gur. Trag. Grag. Grag Torg. Torg. Wow. What a winner. Tanira. Greg Tanira. <laughs> Neither of us got it. Apologies to all Greg's. Sorry. I'm not. Why it's your Pick a better name. Greg, <laughs> Greg Tanira creeps on her. I mean, he's a decent person. He's decent. He he's is. He's a blushy boring. boy. Hmm. Yeah, he's just boring. Just, you know. <laughs> There's actually, we'll talk about this uh, when we get to it, but I feel like there's all of this weird baggage that's heaped on Althea about, like, how she wants men to, like, take take her against her will, to kiss her, even though she doesn't give permission, to, like, bully her into sex, you know? And Well, yeah. What's that? It like about? It totally goes back to her sad 14-year-old trauma. Cause oh, like yeah. yeah yeah you internalize a lot of shit. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that, but that's imp- yeah, that is true. That's exactly what that is. I was trying to relate it back to Brashen, so but it's sad. definitely older than that. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Um. Oh, I want to end it on a lighter note. Now that was. Cool. <laughs> Uh, weird rooster with a crown on its crest. Cool yeah. Course. Does that mean anything further? Because I don't remember that. You know, I think that it's just they must have gotten it. Must they must have chosen their crest from imagery that they saw, and they must have seen the imagery of like 
the I don't know what the the rooster crowns for, you know, like the best troubadour that year or whatever. Oh, yeah. The poets that got it. Right. Oh my and god. And got to put their got to put their little their little bloods in there. Their cute talking hat. <laughs> their winning personalities. Oh my god. Yes. That was a cool scene. Robin Hobbs Robin Hobbs take on the, the sorting hat. <laughs> a little bit more disconcerting. <laughs> Do you uh, think she that's likes... what I think it is. Mm-mm. Do you think she likes Do... minstrels? Or doesn't she like them? Minstrels. Well, who are our minstrels? Hap and Starling. Starling, yeah. And then I guess I guess technically the, the people, like the old prophets or whatever that were minstrels, but that was like a whole race of them. Mm. It wasn't really like. I think she likes them. I think she does. That's a good enough happy ending for me for this episode. <laughs> we think Robin Hobb likes minstrels. I did just watch. So, well, I've seen it a thousand times, but on Prime uh, is The Court Jester starring Danny Kay. <gasps> so, if you're super into like live action cartoons with jesters and lots of skinny man legs and tights and songs and wordplay it's cute i've always liked it am i oh am i ever <laughs> gonna do that right now uh all right uh then i will talk to you next week sounds good see you later bye, bye.